Okay, good morning, everybody. Hope everybody's well. Happy Sunday. What an incredible opportunity that we have. I always love the last week of the year. I don't know about you. I guess when you grow up in corporate America, there's like two or three weeks you get a year that's totally quiet. You know what I'm talking about? This week is like the quietest week of the year. It really is something that is so special and so... Um, so peaceful if you agree with me or not this this week in the last two weeks of summer but you could but you could get done but especially this week because this week i find is is the the end of the calendar year it brings a lot of freshness a lot of newness a lot of opportunity what we're talking about right now is not a subject that is new to anyone, but it's a subject that requires a constant repetition for it to be reinforced into our psyche. Zig Ziglar once said that inspiration is like showering. You got to do it every single day, right? What we're talking about right now is a subject that is at the core of our entire ability to appreciate life. It's, it's how we balance the proper ambition and the excitement and the enthusiasm. It actually reaches back up to something like zeal in a way that's healthy. Because zeal, if you remember one of the first traits we discussed, could be unhealthy too. There are people that are zealots that destroy everyone's life. One of the famous stories, again, I'm not one to comment on what took place in our history, but one of the famous stories in Jewish history was the story of the Jewish people before the destruction of the temple, where the Romans laid siege around Israel, around Jerusalem, and the Jews had enough food to last for years. But there was a group of zealots that wanted to fight so they burned the storehouses, basically forcing the Jews into starvation and then ultimately destruction. So you can have zealots that are very, very destructive. And in our own lives, we can have that. We can have times where we look over to people in our own families and act in a way to them that is too zealous. So... A lot of what we're doing right now really is, and that's why if you see these traits, they really all fit into each other. They have aspects that play into each other, and we'll review them, but I'm just laying them out. And the, and the one that we're in right now is this idea of hode, which is this beauty, beauty, real beauty. And it, it connects very much to recognition, to gratitude. So I was reading in my book, Everyday Holiness, from Alan Marinus. He quotes a great rabbi named Rabbeinu Bechaya, who wrote a book called The Duties of Our Heart, Chovas Halavavos. And in there, he speaks about the blocks to gratitude. Why aren't we more grateful? And I want to sort of identify a few of them. 
and if we can understand why we're not why there's like sort of there's a lot of things going against us from walking around with this level of gratitude or acknowledgement there's it, it's not natural for us a lot of times whenever you hear this stuff like you feel bad as if like there's something wrong with us nothing wrong with us though not more grateful that's that's how we're built a lot of we a lot of who we are is built away from greatness that's how we're built we're built to survive we have a soul but we have to choose greatness that's life so we're not naturally programmed to be grateful we are spiritually programmed to be grateful but we're not physically programmed to be grateful and so we have to work that's why we're on this earth is to work if we all were born naturally grateful what would we be doing here we wouldn't be doing this the whole point is to is to grow the whole point you don't turn to a kid who's struggling in math and him saying, why wasn't I born being able to understand this? And you'll say, well, that's why you're in school. You're in school to learn math. You're we're in life to learn traits. That's why we're here. We're here to learn traits because we have a soul and for it to come out into this world, it has to come out through clean, a clean tube, a prism. If you have a clean prism and the light reflects off it, it's beautiful. That's our job. We already have the light. We already live in the world. What we need to do is to polish our, our traits so that when the light that is within us shines outward, it shines outward in a clear, beautiful way. So it's normal for me and you to not feel naturally grateful as much as we could and should. That's what we do this for. So I want to sort of delve down a few of these things so we can identify it. You know, what's interesting is that all of us are built for pleasure. We're built to engage a world of pleasure. Sometimes as you grow, you try to restrain your pleasure, but it only makes sense to do so if you believe you're going to get more pleasure. Right. If I told you to start running around the block, you'd, you'd hate it until I tell you, well, if you keep on doing this, we're going to train for a marathon. And then when you, you know, cross the finish line, you're going to feel like a million bucks. So what you're really doing is not giving up pleasure of sleep and comfort. You're just trading the pleasure of comfort for the pleasure of accomplishment. That's one of the reasons why you see people not able to really succeed is because they don't understand what they're going for. They don't understand the pleasure, especially if the pleasure is unknown, right? A lot of times in life, you see people that are trying to strive spiritually and they fail because they don't understand that if I restrain from this thing or that thing, I'm going to get something deeper. And if it's spiritual, it's hard to explain. So it's hard to articulate. So they don't really see it. They don't see the pleasure in spiritual living. So the physical world is way too exciting. To, to refrain in hopes for something more. But you see it all the time. You see it all the time. Go to a, uh, a training for commandos. 
And you'll see people that are giving up lots and lots and lots and lots of physical pleasures because they want to be part of something bigger. There's a pleasure in being unified to a large cause. But we have to understand that for the most part, I would say everybody never really goes without pleasure. Even that person who you see that gives up all of physical pleasure, he understands or she understands that there's a pleasure in tapping into the creator that's deeper. But no matter what, the body is getting some or the soul or something is getting some level of pleasure. When you live in this world, if you the way our brains work is our brains are constantly limited, which means whatever we choose to put into our minds is what we're going to see. So if you walk into a room, you have to choose to be grateful because if you won't, your brain will naturally incline towards something else. Now you can condition it to be grateful and then you'll naturally incline to be grateful, but until then it won't, it won't, won't be natural. And the reason is because we come into this world and we don't know how to go deep. We don't have the mind that is developed enough to go deep. Our soul doesn't have a place to rest. You need to have some level of sophistication to be able to, to fight for something that's deep. Three-year-olds don't fight for depth. They fight for pleasure, physical pleasure. They don't fight for spiritual pleasure. They're not looking for like love and affection for the sake of love and affection. They're not looking to create deep relationships. They want lollipops. They want the toy. They're not thinking like, well, if I get the toy from my brother and yell and scream, then we're not going to really develop a real brotherly love. They could care less. And I don't know if it gets any better for a long time. That's why mom usually fights with teenage kid. Because teenage kid really, for the most part, is thinking of themselves, especially the young teenage years. Because when we come into this world, we come into this world searching for survival and we don't really have sophistication. That's the concept of, by the way, bar and bat mitzvah. Do you understand where this comes from? It's not why it's some random age you ever notice like what's just some like random something so like you hear stuff like to be a man you ever hear these speeches like today i am a man and you're like really like what part of you is a man you're 13 your voice is squeaking as you're saying it like you can't go to the basically to the bathroom alone right what what aspect of you is manly maybe like in like 1915 you were like getting a job but like you're gonna be home for a very long time right like you ever like hear these speeches and you're thinking like really Today, you're going to be a man. What's, what is going on over here? The answer is not going to be a man. 13, through, which is a whole conversation, is the beginning in which the soul in the, in, the, in the evolution of a child begins to take a larger stance. They become more spiritual. They, their brains start to develop in a certain way, not physically, the, the evolution of a, of a soul starts to create a much larger impact on an individual. That's why women get it at 12, because women are much more evolved than men are. It's a whole conversation. How women are spiritually more evolved than men are. They come from a holier space. 
they're connected to much deeper holiness, which is a talk about men and women one day. So they get it a year earlier, but it's not just a year. It's, it's the concept, but even though it's, it's in actuality and in concept. The point though, is that as one develops, their mind develops, their ability to yearn for more develops, their ability to trade physical pleasures for spiritual pleasures develops. But along the way, if we don't develop with it, we don't grow. And there are adults that are in their mid middle of their lives that have the same basic desires as a nine-year-old. They just have bigger toys and bigger needs. But if you have like a conversation with them and you like compare it to like 13, you're not like, it's not qualitatively different. You know, like it's basically the same conversation. Just the toys are different. The sports teams, they know a little bit more. They're after not grades, but they're at the same, but it's the same basic stuff. It is a pursuit of physical pleasure. That's their life. That's the goal of their life. There's not, there's not more, that there's not much more depth to that conversation. Nothing wrong with them. It's just reality. They're beautiful people. They just haven't evolved. That's the goal of life. That's the reason why one searches for a spouse which is becoming less in vogue today because we're becoming much more self-focused today. We're in the world of I, everything. We're in the world of custom making everything. We're in the world of living ourselves because I can get everything on my phone. We've lost a lot of the, we need each other to survive type of living. And so why do I need to like go through the problems of like having to live with somebody else and have children and the whole thing, man, this is insane. So much effort on other people. Like, what am I going to do with myself all day? It's an evolution of the physical world that is taking over. Nothing wrong with it. No one's to be blamed. Just stating things that I think are true. Now, what happens is like this. Now, remember, your brain is built to make you survive. Gratitude is a use of your brain power to appreciate that which you already have. However, if you're in pursuit of physical, the physical world, if you don't have depth, the physical world leaves you always lacking. Physical pleasure by definition is physical, which means it is limited. That's one of the traits of a physical world. It is limited. The soul can be eternal. The body cannot be eternal in its current state. The world can't be eternal. If you look through history, you see civilizations. For the most part, there are those exceptions. Some people are eternal. But civilizations aren't eternal. And I'm sure when they rose to power, even for hundreds and hundreds of years, everybody thought they were. The earth, the body, the buildings, the food, everything that we touch is limited. And so when we engage in pleasures or in pursuits that are physical, they're limited. 
and in their limitation, they end. Now, here's what happens, and we can sort of delve into this a little bit. And I think we must have done this once before, but it's important to, I guess, review if we, if we ha- I think about it all the time. So when you engage in something, you create neuroplastic connections to it, right? So if I eat food, if I eat sushi, the first time I eat it, my brain's going insane. I get all these new connections that are being made. I get all these new tastes. It's unbelievable. I hear a new song. I love it. You ever hear a new song for the first time and play it like a hundred times in a week? Because the variety is exciting in your brain. New sounds, new words, new beats, right? The way the beat raises and falls, new tastes. Variety is exciting to us. And so when you engage in something for the first time and your brain is creating the neurological connections around it, it's sending a surge of all these new feelings, which is filled with pleasure. New person, right? That's why some people, we call them serial daters. They're not really looking for anything serious. They just get excited when they see new people. It's always somebody new. There's a, there's a variety. There's an excitement in the newness of things. Our brain likes new things. That's why we love presents. That's why Hanukkah is like the greatest holiday of all time for kids because they don't want to play with the toys. They're not playing with the toys now. Week after Hanukkah, half the toys are already broken. They like getting toys, right? Kids don't like playing with toys. They like getting toys. That's why it's impossible to compete with a screen because a screen is always giving them new toys. That's why we never get enough, right, Michael? So if we, if we can create this paradigm of when I get something, it's exciting because it's new, but as my brain orients around it, it becomes familiar, now, which is great if I want to be expert at something, but it's not great if I live my life trying to gain the variety of something. So as I engage in the physical pleasures of this world, a, they're limited, which means at some point they're going to end. And B, they're, my brain orients around it. So at some point I'm going to need more to maintain the same level of satisfaction. So if I eat sushi every single day, at some point I'm going to need to change that up because I'm not going to get the same pleasure that I got when I first ate it. So physical pleasure is inherently limiting because it's going to end, the sushi is going to finish, and I'm going to need different and more sushi to maintain the same level of excitement that I once did. So whatever I am doing physically leaves me ultimately feeling unsatisfied because when it's over, I don't have it. The pleasure ends. And even if I have it again, I need to change it in order to be able to maintain that first same level of pleasure. So I am living a life where I am never going to be satisfied. So I'm stuck. So how do I deal with it? All right, we'll talk about this tomorrow. We'll continue. I'm trying to hit to my 20. That's my goal in the next week is to be tighter on the 20 minutes to maintain the integrity of your time.
we'll talk about this. What do we do with physical pleasures? And why is it so important to understand that, to see where it comes to gratitude? All right, have an awesome day. Thanks for tuning in on a Sunday. And with God's help, we can't wait to see you again tomorrow.